Welcome to Hearts and Minds, a podcast for women to draw inspiration. This week, we are talking about prayer, uh, particularly focusing on personal prayer uh, and what is it and how to do it. Some people call it mental prayer as well, and some people call it meditation. But anyway, as Morris says, mental prayer sounds a little bit like... It sounds a bit odd, to be honest. So I prefer the personal prayer or the meditation. Why do you find mental prayer a little bit odd then? Well, I don't know. It just sounds as if you have to be very bright to do it or something. It just sends me in another direction. It distracts me, actually. Whereas I think prayer is just a conversation with yeah. God. Um, I, wouldn't put, I wouldn't complicate it more than that. Um, and what's the difference between that and an Our Father, Hail Mary, or the prayers you say at Mass? Well, they're all, that's all prayer too. That's all vocal prayers as you want, like audible words, formulas given by God, which are all good and beautiful. Whereas personal prayer is you talking heart to heart with God. So you're talking to him about your stuff, your family, your friends, your work, your challenges, the things you find easy, the things you find make you worried or upset. So it's much more, it's not scripted. It's very much what space you're in right now and what space God's helping you to get into. So it's, it is quite different. Um, so there's no audible words, as I said. It's just you and him. Audible being uh, you're not speaking out loud. You're not like in your room going, hi, God, this is me. Well, you can if it helps you and there's nobody else around. I sometimes talk to God out loud in the car. Right. And because everybody presumes I'm on the phone, it's grand. But I wouldn't encourage it. Um, it's, 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 it's a heart-to-heart conversation. Um, as you say, it's in your room uh, or it can be in a church, you know, depending on what's easier. The important thing is it's a space where you can be silent and gather your thoughts, not too much going on around you. Uh, I know somebody who puts headphones on because she's married with younger kids, so it's the only way her kids know not to go near her. Right. But I know another friend who's she's busy rush, rushing home from work and she, she tends to get up earlier to do prayer. So it's important you think about the best time to do it for you because okay. otherwise it just might it just Can might you break happen. down when you say to do prayer? Can you break down what you mean by that now? Kind of talk us through it. Okay, so first of all, it's finding the space where you're going to do it. I think it's really important that it's intentional, that it's in the calendar. There's a time, you know, your Google calendar or whatever you use. It's the most important time in your day, particularly if you're not used to praying like this, because otherwise it just won't happen. If you want to build a habit, you need to be really intentional about it. Um, a bit like a diet, because otherwise you won't do it. And we all have failed diets, but there's one diet that works because we can't cope with ourselves anymore and we just do it. So it becomes like almost obsessive. So if we're going to do prayer, some the morning time is oftentimes the best time for people. It's good to have a book with you. Now, that depends. Like the Gospels are obviously the go-to because that's Jesus's life. It's 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 straightforward. It's, it's personal. It's up close and intimate. And you can imagine yourself there in the scene if you want. There are other great books out there as well, written by writers like, say, Jacques Philippe, who's written quite a bit about prayer. St. Josemaria Scriva, he's written The Way, The Forge and the Furrow, which are more like bullet points, which can be helpful if you don't want to read a lot. And yeah, then sometimes reading in big chunks can be kind of, um, it can take over a little bit. I mean, if, you, if you're if you a person who likes to read, they could 
Well, you how, could, how long should you be reading for? Like, I just three say, minutes, two minutes, or whatever, and then try to talk to God. Is that yeah, how it works? That's exactly it. The important thing is your conversation with them, and the idea of the book, as you say, is that it doesn't take over. It's your voice that's important. The book sort of zooms out the lens because otherwise, what can happen is, like, let's be honest, our heads are full of so much stuff, things to do, list things that I need to do, conversations that were said, that were unsaid, that email that happened that upset me. There's so much going on in our head, and I don't know about you, but the minute I I sit down, I think of all the things that I need to do and why am I doing this? This is a waste of time. So our time is precious. Um, so we do, the, the idea of having a book is that it just takes us out of our world for a moment so that we can actually just acquire a little bit of perspective, mm. step into the space of just God's space, as it were. Mm. Um, and that's really, really important if you want to pray. Okay. So... If I'm thinking about praying, why, what would be the motivation for me to pray? I mean, one thing is a diet, a motivation for that is obviously, you know, I want to be healthier and fitter or whatever. But the motivation for me to pray... There's a before and after. If you ask people who pray regularly, and I mean every day, and they've prayed maybe for five years, maybe for more, would they stop? They'd probably tell you no. I think the biggest reason is because when you pray, it's not like talking to yourself. You're talking to God. And you may think, well, I'm only journeying. You know, maybe you, you're, you're somebody listening who doesn't really know if you fully believe yet. I think the fact is, is that when you pray, you are not talking to a friend like you would in a coffee shop. So you're not going to hear God talk back to you. That's, that's one of the reasons why sometimes people go, well, that's weird. I'm not going to pray. I'd rather say Hail Mary, if anything. So you're not going to get that. But what you will get is you will get a perspective. It is like stepping into God's space. It is like stepping into his way of seeing things. It does give light and shade and perspective that you wouldn't have otherwise. And I, I, I suppose this is kind of a silly image, but it really helps me. So if you can stick with this and be patient to hear me explain this image, it might help. I like to use the image of a goldfish bowl. Um, when I was a kid, I had a friend who had a massive goldfish. who was really ugly and had a really big goldfish. And her brother used to stick in like weeds and plants and little clay models into the goldfish bowl that kept, I think it kept the goldfish going for years. Well because it was so entertaining. It was so entertained by mm. this. But the truth is, if you looked at, for the goldfish from a particular angle on the goldfish bowl, sometimes you wouldn't see him, even though he's massive. Other times you would see him. Other times you could see from another angle the clay model. You could never see the whole bowl. Whereas if you looked at the goldfish bowl from above, you could see the whole bowl. And that's what prayer is. It's like stepping into God's space. So you see your relationships, your work, your life, your hopes, your dreams, the things that challenge you, your virtues, the good things about you. You see it from God's perspective, which is completely different to ours. Yeah, it's like an astronaut leaving the earth and kind of looking at his world from outside and kind of seeing everything in perspective, yeah, which is a good a, thing, because otherwise sometimes you can have your nose against the wall and things can be much bigger than they seem. Agreed. No, I think that's a really good example. I think you come out of prayer transformed. So typically, some people would say, well, I just think when I pray, I talk to myself. I just confirm my own little biases. I would disagree. I think good prayer is prayer where you realize you've changed. So you can go in sometimes maybe very angry, upset, or you know, just about to send that email, or disconcerted, or just worried about something. And when you pray about it, and it is important to be transparent in your prayer because if it's a kind of a cloak and daggers kind of thing and me trying to be you know put up the good side and look like saying to me you're really wasting your time the the the, the power of prayer one of the great strengths of prayer is that it's a genuine safe space god knows you he knows what's in your heart you're telling him what's in your heart from your perspective yeah that's it has why to it's be honest to do it. yeah yeah but and it is you're telling him from your perspective um but i think it's important that when you go into praying 
you'll often see it differently. You'll come away going, well, I don't think I'll send that email right now because I'm just not in the best space. Or, gee, what about so-and-so? I haven't prayed about her for a while. I haven't thought about her. Is she okay? There are people you think of when you pray that you wouldn't maybe think of during the day otherwise because you're too busy. Now, when you say, I go out of prayer transformed, okay, it sounds like way like, yay, you know what I mean? You go into a church, you're kind of in a slump and everything like that. After 15 minutes, you're like... What are you? I mean, is that is that really? Yeah, no. No, Is that really true? Like, I mean, no. I don't mean you come out (laughs) feeling like, look at me, and I've got a mini halo, and I'm just transformed and angelic. No way. That'd be weird, to be honest. I mean, transformed is you often feel like as if you, in some things, you've given them over to God. So, look, God, I can't control this, or I'm upset about this, or and that's important, and that's good. Um, Other things, I think, you you can feel you can feel you just have a perspective on something. So it's not about feelings. That's the truth about prayer. And I think that's the biggest sort of, um, what would I say, misconception out there about prayer. That suddenly yeah. feel amazing and that God takes away all my problems and I'm walking on air. Or you should have some sort of fuzzy feeling about it. Like that, yeah. And you don't. Feeling should equal the presence of God. Like I should be feeling this. Exactly. But n- not necessarily. But like I'm sitting opposite you here and I'm doing this podcast and I know you have a tremendous aura, but I'm not feeling any of it. So, <laughs> Thanks, <Maura. laughs> that's, that's, so it's most, it's very normal in life that we don't feel a lot of very powerful relationships. You know, you can, it's a little bit like, I think a couple, you know, is that a lot of what their life is just getting stuff done or, you know, being there for each other and committing. And that's what prayer is exactly the same. Mm. Um, but it does change you. And as, as I said, that's one of the biggest motivations about it. There also is a nice idea, I think, of as well, of are you somebody who waits for life to happen or you, do you do? Are you a protagonist? And prayer is something for a person who's a protagonist, that you want to transform the world. You want to be a better person. You want to be, you know, better sibling, spouse, work colleague, daughter, whatever it is you want. And prayer is is possibly the most important decision to make, to actually make that happen. Yeah, it reminds me of this book, actually, um, Miracle Morning by this guy, Elroyd. That, that's his surname anyway. But he has this idea that you, I would never do it. But anyway, um, it's helped a lot of people that they get up like uh, an hour before their usual time. And they do like 10 minutes of visualization, 20 minutes of prayer or meditation, and then uh, 20 minutes of exercise or whatever. And people have said that this has totally transformed them. Like there's thousands of people who've said this has really, really made a difference to them because it's almost kind of, it sets the stage for the day. They're preparing themselves before anything that they're entering into and they're just visualizing their day. Now, that's very kind of at a a human level, but I do think prayer has that double element of it in the sense you've got God there included. It's much more powerful. But it is that element of setting the stage, seeing your day with God's eyes and just kind of opening the doors wide to it, you know. Well, you're like, you're letting God in. And I think we have to make that choice. And if we don't, you know, those people you mentioned, they made that choice to set up their day like that. I think with prayer, for a lot of people, first thing in the morning is the best time to do it because then they're not negotiating with it for the rest of the day. Um, I think the biggest challenge about doing that, you know, doing prayer every single day is the fact that it's optional. 
like in the pandemic, we didn't have to choose a lot of things that were chosen for us. We knew the reason for it. And because of that, you know, for the sake of public health, we did a lot of things and we'll continue to do them. But I think the, the important thing with that was also that we realized what are our priorities? We asked ourselves, why am I doing this? My relationships, the people that I miss, the people that I care about, the things that I don't spend money on, the things that I don't miss, and why would I miss them? Because of the pandemic. Prayer is optional. And because it's optional and because God is available, we tend to value it less and we tend to put it on the long finger. Whereas I would encourage you to realize, just as you said there, is that conversation with God. Think of conversation with a good friend. That's something we really value and we look for. Conversation with God is just a total game changer. And God doesn't operate in tranches of time like yesterday, today, tomorrow. He sees time in terms of space. So he's watching our backs and he knows, you know, he's, he's, he's got everything in his divine providence. So why wouldn't we create time to spend with somebody like that? Yeah. He's and got, also you're seeing your life through his eyes, which exactly. is just perfect because things that you could be worried about or things that are overwhelming you, they come into perspective when you bring them into your prayer. Yeah. And I think as well, you know, you mentioned that how do I know if I'm doing a good prayer? Mm. You know, it is about that thing of, I suppose, listening, realizing that you've been transformed, you know, in some way in your reactions or your attitudes, not looking for the feeling, the fuzzy feeling there because that's not real. But it's also creating, as I mentioned, pauses in your prayer, you know, moments where whether you, you put the book down, you talk to God a bit about it, and then you you go, but God, what do you think about this? And that really feels weird the first time you do it, mm. because you feel like as if, what's your, what, is he going to talk back to me or what? Yeah, or you feel like there should be an immediate output, you exactly. know, immediate results. You're, you've done 15 minutes of prayer and you're kind of, you finished and you're kind of going, well, that was a total waste of time. A little bit sometimes when, yeah. And because our lives are like that, input, output, input, output, whereas prayer is different. And the danger sometimes can be because we ask God for things. We go, well, he didn't give me that and he didn't oh, yeah. give me that and he didn't give me the other. So God of the, a God of the petition answering. Well, God answers in different ways. So that's another sort of misnomer mm. or misconception. But I think the thing of pausing is important because in those moments, like I've often said, and I know other people do the same, say, OK, God, I didn't really hear you there. Kind of almost jokily come on now, will I do this or will I do that? And you do hear in your heart what you need to do. Or you also get a sense, look, I need to give this a bit more time. So I'm going to pray about this tomorrow or give it a couple of days because, you know, I'm not, I haven't really got my head around that yet, mm. Lord. I'm not in your space fully. I think that's really important in all of this is that the conversation with God is, is different to a regular conversation with a friend because, of course, he's God. So what that means is not only do we feel transformed as a result of it, he gives us answers that we didn't expect. And I think God is surprises, like Pope Francis talks about that all the, the time. God is surprises. Yeah. And I think it is really important to, to expect a lot from our prayer, but in a different way. He doesn't talk to us the way we talk. And I also think one of the things that you, you see your prayer working, in inverted commas, is when you, you've done your prayer, you've done it 15 minutes or whatever time you want to set aside for your prayer, and then, okay, you mightn't see what you, you might be looking for an answer specific to something. You mightn't see it in your prayer, but then during the day, you get a light bulb moment. And in a sense, you do know that it's the Holy Spirit. You know, you know, it's not you, you know, jotting it down and mathematically running out an equation to find the answer. You you come across it in the, the most unlikely of places, you know, and you kind of realize, okay, this is God really 
telling me what's the best route to take in this or giving me a certain light in, in an aspect of my life or whatever. Yeah, it's because it's because I think when you when you are intentional about your prayer, you're saying to God, you matter, you're important and God, you've opened the door to him. So when you've opened that door, he can then open other little doors and and he can only come in as far as we let him. You know, sometimes we tend to think of God as what wagging the finger. Oh, you're not just you're not you're not you haven't got this prayer thing nailed. You know what? I think you should give this up. That's not God. God's approach is I want to give you as much of myself, as much love, as much inspiration, as much strength in your life as I possibly can. But I can't give you more than you're going to let me give you. And I've always found the image of the glass of water really, really helpful. Mm. Is that we have our glass of water and it's full of ourselves, even though we hate to think of it. It is. We love to think about ourselves. We live in our bodies. We we live with ourselves <laughs> live our seven. Bodies. Sorry, yeah, but yeah. you know, when someone gets shocked, I'm not vain. The truth is, our glass is full of ourselves. If we we need to start emptying that glass of ourselves to let him in. So we we need to be the ones to open the door or to double click on that reaction and go, Lord, I'm asking you now for your take on that reaction because I don't trust mine. And I wanted, you know, what's your take? So there is, a, there, is a, there is a certain element, as you say, about opening the door and then all the other little doors start to open all around the place. And also I think it's, it's your personality as well that comes with it. Like, um, remember the story of St. Josemaria, he was sitting in confessional in a church and some guy, he would hear this clattering every morning uh, as the door opened, the front door opened of the church. And one morning he decided to look through to see who in God's name is that person with the clattering. And it was this guy who was called, as he termed him, uh, named him John the Milkman. And it was this fellow who would come to the front of the church and just kneel down and basically say, and he said it to St. Josemaria, I just say, hello, God, this is John the Milkman, and then leave. And he said that he found it very insightful for his own prayer of just simplifying it a little bit more and not thinking that it has to be really highbrow, really kind of the perfect words that you're going to say or something a little bit beyond, you know, uh, just ethereal or something like that, or ethereal. But, you know, yourself, your own personality, who you are, because that's what you're bringing to the table. Exactly. And I think that's the hardest thing for us sometimes, because we think I have to be like somebody else, or this feels weird. Um, but I think that you really, the, the important thing there is just to go and do it and to experience it for yourself. And God has made you as you are. He hasn't made clones of the next door neighbour. He's made each one of us as original, as unique as we are, with all our warts and limitations and with our virtues. And that's part of the God experiment and one that he's very happy with. So as more, as as, as real as you can be possibly and as raw, as I said, it is the genuine safe space prayer. We can say everything and we should feel we can say anything to God because let's face it, nothing shocks him. And and the beauty of it is, is that prayer future proofs us. You know, you're in his company and he's definitely not going to let you down. So if we were going to wrap up with certain things, if we were going to start tomorrow prayer, what what are the, the key ideas that we should take away with us? Just do it. Yeah, start. okay. <laughs> like the start. Nike. Yeah, do, like Nike. Yeah, just do it. Um, give it a priority because it won't happen otherwise. It is a new habit if it's a new habit to you. Um, so pick the best time to do it and hold yourself to it. Do it for three or four weeks. Try it out. Okay. Because we can't do anything for infinity. And also, I double click on yourself if you start saying, I'm not good at prayer. I can't do this thing. This is weird. All the usual misconceptions. Bring a book and realize that consistency is is really the game changer here. Uh, mm-hmm. And I promise you, come back to me in five years' time if 
<laughs> you've tried yeah, it. Yeah, or even like work. I think in three in three weeks or whatever. I I also think the idea of when I, I brought it up in in the previous podcast about journaling, you know, to bring a notebook with you and jot down things, I do think helps to see how you're progressing. I know it's not all about progressing, but it does help you to see different insights and also. In two weeks' time, you might look back on your notebook and see something and you go, oh, that's what it was. Like, that's what the thing was kind of annoying me. Or not annoying me, but just different things that could be challenging us. It's helpful. And it keeps you focused. Um, I'd say the notebook or the phone. Just bring your phone if you haven't got a notebook around. Don't let that be a reason not to do it. And just put the phone in airplane mode and have your screen with the note. Yeah. And just type away. But yeah, I totally agree. Having something you can actually rec- record something in. Otherwise, for us in 21st century, we feel it must be a waste of time. Okay. Okay, well, thank you very much, Maura. Um, we'll leave all the, um, anything that we've referenced here in the uh, podcast, we'll leave it in the description box below. Um, and hopefully it'll help you uh, with your prayer. And uh, we'll see you in another two weeks with another topic.